everybody. Welcome back to Calling the Dogs with Chansey and Chi. Uh, I'm Patrick Chansey, and uh, my boy with me is our uh, local insider who uh, has all of the knowledge. Uh, Cole Chi Briner, uh, uh, speak to the people, you, 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 you knowledgeable man. Hey, dog fans. Uh, yeah, it's Chi. Uh, we're, we're, we're ready to drop some bombs on you today, so uh, get ready for yourself. So as we mentioned last time, so we got a little recruiting update in uh, a couple weeks ago, and we took a week to kind of prepare ourselves and get ourselves uh, emotionally ready uh, for a, a season preview. And so uh, this, this may go long. Uh, we may go into a, may have a two, we're going to have a two-parter here. Uh, so buckle up, but uh, we're, we're getting close, G. It's getting, getting close to a kickoff. Dude, don't remind me. I wake up every day. It's the first thing I think about. So, you know, if we can just – you know, maybe record this next week. Uh, that'd be fine. But uh, you know, hey, let's go ahead and get this thing done. Yeah. So we're uh, we're ready to talk about what's coming up. And uh, as I was uh, alluding to, uh, our our very own uh, Colchie Briner had the opportunity uh, to be our inside guy. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. They call me a scout. <laughs> so uh, I, so tell the circles. tell 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 everybody. Uh, what, what transpired recently? Me and both of my brothers into the uh, McGill Society private practice uh, this past weekend. And let me tell you, um, I, I didn't expect to do this, but I wrote down, what was it, about three and a half uh, pages of notes. Um, and so I've got plenty of things to say. I'm pumped about it. Chansey's going to throw me the, the softballs, and I'm going to just try to knock them out of the park. And uh, we'll try to just shed some knowledge and some light on what the dogs look like because uh i mean they look pretty dang good that's all i gotta say about it well that's it i mean that's not all i gotta say about it but. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well well and i'm i have to I'm, i gotta be angry at you for a second but uh, but not really angry because you sent this to me or i saw it while i was at work and then i immediately came became just terribly inefficient for for quite some time <laughs> <laughs> having to make this look like it was some document that i was supposed to be reading uh while at work uh, so, but uh, let, I'm excited to, to kind of hear your thoughts. I thought, it, I thought it looked pretty official, though. Oh yeah, like this is this was this was legit. Well, I, I opened it and I kept scrolling and scrolling, yeah. and there's just there's a lot here. So let's uh, let's get into it. So, uh, so let's do it. So, 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 Chi, just what was the feel? What, where were you? What, what were you seeing? What was the what? What did you? What was kind of the overall thing of what was going on when you were there? Well, yeah, yeah. So first of all. Um, apparently there was supposed to be, everybody was supposed to be sitting up in the, the sky suites, not the boxes. So the level right below the sky suites and that's where it was supposed to be hosted and all the catering was going to be up there and all that stuff. And by catering, I mean, they had hot dogs and hamburgers for us, but so they were supposed to host it up there. And apparently, uh, I think it was 1100 people RSVP to this thing. So they had to move it down to the club level. So first of all, uh, the dog nation is pumped. Um, everybody that could be at this practice, and they could bring upwards of four friends, I think, three or four friends. They had to move it down to the club level, and uh, I mean, the dog nation is pumped up about this thing. I mean, the, coming in the season, I, I I think everybody's just thinking, hey, this is another cha- national championship caliber team. Um, but anyway, so we came in, and you know, we got our hot dogs and hamburgers, and we sat down, and you know, the first thing first. You know, some of the things about the stadium that were pretty neat. The new scoreboard was great. <clears throat> and that entire West End, end Zone project, I mean, recruits are going to love it. And it also just looks a lot better in terms of, the, you know, the stadium capacity and seating over there. Um, and then also where they used to have the recruiting bleachers, first of all, they moved the 
granite bulldog that used to be right there and apparently it's like out in the concession area on the west end zone so i think apparently the guy that donated it is pretty upset about that <laughs> so it's no longer this fixture where the team is running around it um so anyway they actually got rid of the recruiting bleachers and now they're building suites on that end and they're like walkout suites uh, basically you know on ground level which i think that you have to have a minimum of two hundred fifty thousand. uh priority points on that which means that you donated two hundred fifty thousand dollars so uh that's that's that uh so i won't be coming anywhere close to that i'll be looking at it from my you know from the nosebleeds (laughs) (laughs) so anyway uh so the improvements to the stadium were beautiful i mean you know basically you know we came in and i mean (laughs) before you knew it kirby was just taking over that guy was everywhere Uh, but he was he was all over the place really high intensity and to kind of basically start off the practice and i'll let you kind of ask me about a few different things to do with it but basically to start off the practice before they even really stretched completely before they had the team stretch they open it up with uh that it's similar to an oklahoma drill but you start off on your back and it's two it's a blocker and a runner uh with a ball and then two defenders and they both start off on the back get up and then you know meet in the middle it's huge collisions so i mean it was boom 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 really high intensity right off the bat and then I mean, of course, you know, the scrimmage transpired from there and <laughs> had a lot of mental notes going on. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> so so it was a scrimmage, so you did get to see them kind of – you did get to see the, them, them running some running some plays and, and going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it was um, – they basically started off – and I, I want to say a little caveat real quick. Basically, so Kirby actually came up and spoke to everybody after the scrimmage and – what he said was, you know, this was the end of fall camp. This was the last scrimmage in fall camp. They had been practicing every day, the six days leading up to that Saturday that week. Um, these guys were just tired. And he basically said that they were running on, you know, 60. They were running on fumes that they were, you know, probably going 60 and 70%, something like that. Now, but he, he actually said that, you know, they had the GPS numbers. And he said that earlier in the week, they were going somewhere. A lot of them were going 22 and 23 miles per hour. Uh, topping out and now today they were going I mean that day they were going about 17 or 18 miles per hour so um, but it was a tired team but let me tell you if what I saw was about a 60 or 70 percent stamina team then we'll be fine don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so what, what did you see so let's let's kind of kind of break it down where, where the so what was the first team going up like what was what what did it look like? How did our offense look against defense? Was it first team against first team? What was the what was the what was it looking like? Yeah, yeah. So, quick breakdown of you know the first team was basically uh, what they started off with was first team offense versus second team defense, and I, I you know I actually you know was telling you about this earlier, but <clears throat> you know the first team offense actually had a lot of trouble going up to the second team uh, defense at the get-go. And uh, from honestly, Fromm kind of struggled most of the day. And you know it takes a lot for me to say that. Um, yeah. But but he really just didn't look like he was – he didn't look like he was, uh, you know, re- reading the defense very well. He threw – he tried to force some balls. Um, but he also just was holding on to the ball a pretty good bit. And given – you know, it's like I said earlier, you know, everybody was tired and also just, you know, you can't take too much out of a scrimmage in a practice – um, but you know what I saw was we've got the players and we got the talent to be contenders this year. There's no doubt about it. Um, I'll just run down real quick. You know, 
most everybody on the offense was who you would expect. Uh, Terry Godwin was sidelined. He has a little, uh, I think he has a, a, a little minor knee injury. I don't think it's anything major. And then, um, so in his place, Riley kind of moved over to the wide receiver. And I think Riley and Terry will probably swap out and Y and split in. Um, Akil Crumpton, who, you know, I don't think anybody really expected this, but the guy actually led the, t- the offense in receiving yards that day. So he looks really good. He's small. I mean, him him and James Cook are both going to be the Isaiah McKenzie type guys. And then, uh, so other than that, the, re- the receivers were, you know, Jason Stanley and Tyler Simmons both got some time. But uh, everybody on the offensive line you pretty much could expect. It's It was the same from last year on the inside. Uh, Kendall Baker, Lamont Galliard, and Ben Cleveland, and then Andrew Thomas moved over to the left, and then Isaiah Wilson over to the right. So, um, and then on defense, the starting defense, uh, after they went from first offense to second defense, uh, they went ones versus ones. Uh, the big surprise there, I mean, I think everybody can kind of guess most of these, but the big surprise there was Eric Stokes getting the starting nod at the cornerback opposite of DeAndre Baker which, in my opinion, was very surprising. So it's um, it was good. I mean, everybody else, though, the star of a split amongst D'Angelo Gibbs, William Poole, Mark Webb, all kind of played right there. Um, Richard LeCount, basically, the guy looked like he has grown up a lot. I mean, he's what we want him to do is be able to not let anybody behind him because he, he definitely made plenty of mistakes last year where he would come up. He's a hard-hitting safety, you know. Uh, so he would come up and try to make that play a lot of times whenever he really should be, you know, covering that, you know, back zone. So it was impressive. It was impressive. I mean, you know, I I can't really speak to it, any more to the talent that was on the field. It was it was awesome. <laughs> Just nice to see bodies flying around, making yeah. making some hits. <laughs> Lots of collisions. Let me tell you, the best thing I saw all day, or the best collision I saw all day, was. Uh, the first team offense was going up against the first team defense, and the uh, Fromm was actually holding on the ball a little bit late. Like I said, he did it a lot during the day, and then Natrez comes on a delayed blitz up the middle, <clears throat> and I'm thinking, oh, well, he's about to get the quarterback. Which in the scrimmage, you know, all he's got to do is tap him. Natrez didn't see Big Ben hiding on the opposite <laughs> side of Lamont Galliard and gets knocked on his backside quicker than I've ever seen anybody in my life, uh, which was, you know, I love both of those players, but, I mean, it was just an awesome collision. Biggest hit of the day, no doubt. Ben Cleveland is just a uh, – he's a large man. Yeah, he, he's he's not small. He's definitely not small. I mean, and you're talking about taking a guy who really could be left tackle or right tackle, that that height and putting him in a guard, it's, it's pretty fun to watch. So, uh, so let's see. Just kind of looking over, looking over your, your your notes here. So, so defense. I'm guessing looking looking pretty uh pretty spot on. We're feeling feeling pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we've got. I mean, DeAndre Baker is going to be a corner. He's going to be our star cornerback. He's actually um, listed on, I think, two or three of the All American teams, and he's first team All SEC after uh, SEC media days. So uh, that guy's obviously a star. We knew it. Now everybody else knows it, thankfully. Um, and I'm looking for big things out of – I mean, I, to, to be honest with you, I think our defensive line is going to be a lot better than people think it is, um, you know, coming into the season. So 
I'm looking for big things out of Tyler Clark, Julian Rochester. He absolutely has to hold that middle down. But overall, they look pretty good. I was really impressed with... Uh, oh, one thing I wanted to say. Juwan Taylor was actually the first team uh, inside linebacker over Monty. And, you know, I, I he played well in that Vanderbilt game. Remember whenever he had to come in for Natrez? Right. I think that... You know, I think that hey man, let's give this guy a shot. I mean, he he's really he's pretty big body. I mean, I hope he I hope he gets some good playing time. But I think Monty's going to definitely push him. Um, but let me let me just say that the young talent that we have coming in on defense was the best thing that I I mean I was you know Jim Donnan on the uh, UGASports.com uh, on their podcast he always he always talks about how he's salivating whenever he sees <laughs> sees these guys and I, let me tell you i don't blame him one bit he uh when when i look at don't get me wrong as you know there's big offensive players uh big freshmen coming in on the offense justin fields james cook is going to be a star and we've got plenty of awesome offensive line talent coming in sawyer and trey hill big time but i am most excited about these outside and inside linebackers that we got coming in. Brent Cox is the first name that comes to mind. Brent Cox, Quay Walker, Otis Reese. Hey, let me let me ask you something. Um when was was there was there some sort of hard-hitting safety? What was his name in the mid mid, mid uh, 2000s? Uh, he wore number 17, hard-hitting oh, safety. Oh my god. Played with was, Thomas Davis, uh, Gregory, uh, something Greg, like that. Uh, Greg, Greg, uh, Greg Green. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 best hits of that generation from our very own Greg Blue. I mean, just a, yeah. just now you're getting me all jacked up. <laughs> I, I hope so because let me tell you, Otis Reese is the next coming of Greg Blue, oh. and he wears number seventeen. Uh, for those of you that don't know, so oh my god. Otis Reese, he looked huge. I think so. He he played a little bit of a hybrid um, linebacker and safety in in high school. So I think he's gonna have to have a little bit of a learning curve in the safety position. But let me tell you, he looked like he belonged back there. He looked huge. And then Quay Walker and Channing Tindall, um, and then also Brenton Cox. That oh, I'm sorry, Adam Anderson. Let's not forget about him. They all looked. Huge. I mean, Brenton Cox and um, Channing Tindall walked off the field together, and I, I swear. I mean, if you look at these guys, they're like, man, they got to be fifth-year seniors. They're massive. So, anyway, defense looked amazing. These freshmen that we got coming in, fantastic. Oh man, now you got me all. Now you got me all worked up. Uh, so let's see. So you had uh, had some tight end notes here. How how are we looking catching the ball? Um, how how are we looking? I guess receivers and and tight ends. Yeah, yeah. So tight ends, uh, tight ends. Isaac Nona didn't have a whole lot of playing time, and a lot of these offensive guys that were you know pretty much sure surefire starters, they didn't really play a whole lot. Like DeAndre Swift didn't exactly get a lot of carries and and all of that. Um, Jake Fromm, Jake Fromm actually, there was a point where they got upset with him. Uh, and they actually pulled him and let Fields take over the first-team snaps versus the first-team defense. So, anyway, that's not receivers or tight ends. Just wanted to mention that. Uh, so, anyway, uh, tight ends. Tight ends looks really good, and I hope we kind of utilize them a little bit more this year. 
there was two freshman tight ends that well Charlie Werner got some good he had a few good catches and, and Nauta had a couple as well um, but let me tell you there was two you know those two freshmen we got coming in um, the uh, Luke Ford and then also John Fitzpatrick between those two John Fitzpatrick had two uh, I think 20 at least 20 plus uh, yards re- receiving uh, er, catches and I mean he looks good in the open field he had clean routes I mean the guy he looks impressive uh, as far as the receivers go I mean Riley had a couple catches I mean he looked he looked fine uh, Miko actually I don't want to say he got demoted I think he might be in the doghouse uh, <laughs> so basically Akil Crumpton was the one that started over him uh, on the first team offense and in the slot so uh, and Akil had a great he had a great scrimmage and then on the opposite side, um, since Terry was out, they swapped. They had Riley over playing wide, and then on the opposite side, they had Tyler Simmons and Jason Stanley kind of swapping off on the split end. And I, you know, Jason Stanley is a damn good dog. He kind of reminds me of Richard Samuel in the in the sense that, you know, he's just stuck it out. Like he knew he was being recruited over, and he stuck it out, and he's. He just, man, he just does his do- his job, and that's all you can ask of him. And so, anyway, Jason Stanley, unfortunately, had a huge drop on like on, a, on like a 30, 30 plus yard pass, and then he also missed one that was certainly catchable. Uh, so I, I hate that for him. You know, I hope he gets some playing time this year. But let me tell you, the guy's a hell of a blocker, so I'm fine with that. And Kirby's gonna ask, and Chaney and Kirby are gonna ask their receivers every time. You know, you're a blocker first. So, and let's air it out a little bit more this year, though. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, so as we're as we're, uh, you kind of have, have alluded to it. So that people are going to want to know about the the fields, uh, the fields from from Duel. How, how did how did uh, fields look out there? Fields look good. It looked good. Uh, you know, I think I think it was covered by a few different people, but basically, from from kind of struggled. Fields, he looks good. I mean, he has the arm strength. There's no doubt about it. But one thing you could definitely tell is that Fromm was better at reading the defenses. Um, I think Fields has every, you know, every kind of athletic attribute that you can you can think about. But um, Fromm, Fromm definitely was able to read and, and look off receivers a little bit better. But basically, you know, that is all to say Fields actually had the best throw of the day to John Fitzpatrick that I saw. And it was a little drag crossing route, and he he hit him, put it right past the defender. Fitzpatrick caught it in stride and turned up the sideline, so it was a beautiful play. But yeah, I mean, I if if I had to give somebody the nod on uh, Saturday, it was it was Fields. But again, he also played against the second team defense uh, for most of the time, the majority of the time. So how are uh, how are our backs? So I uh, know we've uh, we'll we'll get to some of the the back. The, the news about the backs here in a little bit, but how for the guys that, that played, uh, what what would you see for, out of those guys? Yeah, so first of all, like I said earlier, DeAndre Swift, he he just didn't have much playing time in the scrimmage, so I didn't really get to see much of him. But when he did have the ball in his hands, he was electric. I mean, the guy just he had a, he had several runs around the end that he just left everybody in the dust and was able to get, you know, 10, 12 yards uh, pretty easily. So, um, aside from that, Elijah had I, somewhat of a pedestrian day. I didn't, I didn't really, I don't really remember a lot of his runs. 
but the most impressive that I saw was actually Brian Harry, and, and uh, let me just say he's he's going to be my uh, dark horse contributor to the offense, um, and so I'm thinking I'm thinking he's going to have a little bit of a breakthrough year. I hope you know maybe he'll get six or seven hundred yards, something like that. I mean that's what I would kind of expect. I mean as a third third potentially fourth string back, so. Um, but he looks really good on Saturday. He, he's very elusive, and he was able to pull away from some guys. And then uh, on top of that, James Cook didn't have a lot of uh, rushes, but he called a few balls out of the, uh, in the flats and on little swing routes, and, and he looked really good in space. So I'm thinking, like I said earlier, I think he's going to be somewhat of a – him and Akil Crumpton are going to be somewhat of an Isaiah McKenzie-type uh, weapon. So, uh, yeah, and I, I feel like we're going to – I think I feel like uh, James Cook's going to also be kind of that that Sony like freshman year Sony kind of kind yeah. of player. I mean that's kind Absolutely. of that's what I'm that's what I'm envisioning, which I'm not mad about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and no, no, and then if you look back at Sony's first year, I mean he did catch a lot of balls out of the backfield. So I mean if that's what we're going to ask him to do, then yeah, I think it is pretty Sony esque. Uh, so I guess we can't since we're kind of on the running back uh, running back thing. Did you did you did you watch what? transpired against our, uh, our our boy Zamir did you see did you see what happened I did I did and <clears throat> it was extremely unfortunate I so I was actually watching him and another guy that was running another gunner that was running next to him on that play and you know as it's been reported he was kind of like being blocked by Mark Webb but I mean from what I saw but there was zero contact on the lower body and they were basically just running down the field. I mean, on those special teams plays, they pretty much go about 80, 75 or 80%. You know, they're not, they're just trying to run down the field and do their assignments. Uh, it's not like they're trying to run down the field and knock the guy's head off. So, anyway, Zamir was just trying to get some time. Apparently, from what I understand, he, he had been asking so that he could make, to, to play some special teams so that he could make the travel roster. So, anyway, I did. I didn't see exactly what happened to make him uh, tear his ACL, but it did seem that uh, I did watch him hobble off, and and I, of course, my heart sank, and I didn't know what you know what exactly happened. Um, and then come to find out, it wasn't it wasn't his same ACL that he tore uh, last year. It was the left knee. Uh, so I hate it for him. I hate it for him. I know he was excited to get get out there and put in the work and, and time and, and try to you know make a place on this team so yeah I did unfortunately see it and it's terrible but you know he'll come back he's he's like Chubb man I mean the guy's just a workhorse he'll be back next year yeah I, it was a freak thing I mean you can't that that, that blame doesn't go on anybody uh, it was just mm-hmm. kind of one of those things that was going to happen regardless of uh, regardless of, of what went on during practice or what, what side he was on and people are already like question Kirby I don't know if you saw the press conference or uh after the game and uh, oh, yeah. I, I don't know I can't remember who it was he he I think it might have been I don't know I don't remember who the reporter was but somebody asked him about special teams and my god he Kirby went off I have not seen yeah. I've seen him be Kirby at a press conference and just like just yeah. being very uh, matter of fact and that kind of thing but he went after <laughs> he did but this was he also did. this was also on the same day where Nick Saban had his antics so it didn't really get <laughs> didn't really get looked at which I won't repeat what uh, Nick Saban said uh, <laughs> Please but, don't. Uh, but but we encourage you to go look it up and uh, and, and see what 
see how he it kind of covered up anything Kirby would have said, which wasn't bad, but it was yeah, it was that's right. It was good. Well, it was actually so. The funny thing is, you know, the they'd really it was Anthony Dasher who you know reports for Rivals uh, or UJSports.com, and that I think all he asked was, is it unusual for Zamir to be or for a running back to be on special teams or a punt team? And Kirby just lost it. <laughs> I don't blame him, man. I mean, it's first of all he's dealing with he hates the fact that all these. People come in like myself <laughs> and <laughs> and watch this practice. I mean, he hates it, but he he loves it. I mean, he loves the support. He wants. I mean, he basically asked us after the practice to like be like them, give 110, 120 percent, and and like do it every day for the dog nation kind of thing. And so he loves the idea that there's this like, you know, the McGill Society was formed, and like you know, there's you know they're bringing in more money, blah blah blah, so that they can play for play for pay for uh what the west end zone project and things like that but let me tell you uh you know he hates that people you know they didn't tell anybody to to leave their phones in the car or anything like that so (laughs) unfortunately there was a lot of videos and photos taken and all that stuff so anyway yeah he he went off on dasher and uh you know here's the thing the media the media can needs to just take what they can and just be fine with it because I mean, their job depends on, basically depends on somebody allowing them access to the stuff that they're reporting to. So, just get what they can. That's all I got to say about that. Well, um, is is there what all? Is there any other uh, player player points that you want to? Uh, I know we got a, we got a few on here, but uh, what's anything that you want to uh, kind of point out um, from the players that's that's left? I'm I'm looking through here. Uh, basically, I just want to say Demetrius Robbins, Rob, Robertson uh, was he he didn't get thrown to a whole lot. He had a couple of good catches. One of them was actually excellent. And actually, I was talking about that throw that Justin Fields threw that was a crosser. I think it was actually Demetrius that called it, not John Fitzpatrick. But I might be getting my plays mixed up. But anyway. He, I don't want to say he was underwhelming. He just was. He just didn't get get a lot of production. Um, and I know that's one guy that a lot of people are wondering about. And I don't want to take up too much time, uh, you know, of of this whole thing. So basically, I just want to say that there's plenty of other things that I saw that I thought you know were encouraging. There's a few, definitely a few things that I thought that I saw that I thought you know, hey, that could be something that we need to improve on. So. Uh, real quick, kicking game. Jake Camarda had like two or three huge punts. He's going to be our starter this year, no doubt. And then he lined up and he shanked the hell out of one one time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, just I just turned to my brother sitting next to me and was just like, I hope he doesn't do that in the game. <laughs> just get, so, get it out now. Get it, it out. It was now. bad. I mean, it would have ended up in the you know visitors' locker room or something. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, and then also Rodrigo, he missed. Or sorry, he made all but one of his field goals, so he looked pretty good. Uh, in closing, I just wanted. There was two things that I saw out of Kirby that I just absolutely loved, and I want to take one and maybe put a trademark on it because it was awesome. Uh, but one of the things is, you know, Kirby's a defensive back coach. I mean, he's he's always coached defensive backs or defensive players. Um, at you know Alabama and now at Georgia and you know in the past so he loves defensive backs and he rides them so hard and basically anytime a defensive back made an aggressive play whether that was 
you know, a good outcome or maybe it caused him pass interference or something along those lines. Anytime that happened, he came over to him and first things first, gave him a high five, a little bit of encouragement. It's almost like, I mean, you know, he just was trying to let them know, like, hey, look, the better, you, the more aggressive you play, the better. He gave him a high five and then he was coaching them up, like, boom, instantly. And, it, it, I mean, I, I say it was more defensive backs, but he really did it with a lot of players. I mean, Kirby was all over the field. Which I loved, man. I mean, you know, you see that just active coaching, active coaching. And then uh, on top of that, you see a little bit of a different side from Kirby. Um, and the second thing that I saw that I just loved seeing out of him was there was a lot of family members that were there that were invited to watch the practice or watch the scrimmage. <clears throat> and after the scrimmage was over, he went over to the sidelines and he was talking to a bunch of the different family members. And specifically, I saw him uh, come over and as we all know, Riley Ridley's older brother was Calvin Ridley, you know, who plays for the Falcons or was drafted by the Falcons. And uh, so his his family was there. They're, they're just a really tight-knit group. And I just saw him come over there and was talking to Riley's parents and, like, kind of grabbing onto him. And just you could tell that he was just, like, telling them how proud he was of Riley. You know, of course, I couldn't hear anything, but they were down on the field. But it looked like he was just like, man, this this guy, one, he's improved, he's matured, all this different stuff. The kind of stuff that you just got to see out of a coach. You know, you just want him to be a little bit more than X's and O's. So it was it was very refreshing to see out of, that out of Kirby. And I think he does that a lot. And, and, of course, Kirby's not a media guy, so he likes to do it more behind the scenes than anything. Which makes me uh, appreciate it so, yeah, now, so much absolutely. more. <laughs> so much more. Absolutely. He's a... Uh, yeah, we're in, we're in pretty special hands. It's uh, it's pretty pretty awesome to see. Well, well, man, I am, I am beyond jealous that you got to uh, that you got to go do that. That's uh, it was it was pretty awesome. <laughs> it was it was great. Honestly, more than anything, it was great just to be in Sanford Stadium and, and on Saturday afternoon before before the chaos before the season started. So, uh, you know, I guess it was yeah two weeks beforehand. So I'm just you know, hey, I'm ready to go. Let's do this thing. <laughs> Well, you sent me that picture of, of being in there before during work, and I just yeah, God, you you have made me very unproductive at work over the last week. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, I do like these these practice notes. I wrote them up, and I think I finished it like eleven thirty last night. And I was like, I'm gonna go ahead and send these to Chancey so that he's very distracted at work. <laughs> I was hoping that would happen. Oh uh, well, it did. It happened. It happened. All right. Well, uh, thank you for that. Um, that that's yeah. Enough of enough, enough of me talking so damn much. No, uh, hey, no, no. Well, we're we're just enjoying I want, it. We're, I want more chancy. We want the inside scoop, though. That's what the people want. That's what they're clamoring for. Be be a little proud of yourself. Yeah, you know, it feels pretty good to be an insider. <laughs> I, I posted something on the. Oh, I don't. I, you're you're not a rivals subscriber, are you? No, I'm UJ Sports Yeah, yeah. I posted like some inside notes on there. Try to be really cool. Uh, I know there's there's there was a couple guys uh, that texted me. That, you know, you could imagine in uh, that texted me were like, "Hey, man, saw your message board post, you loser." <laughs> I was like, "Hey, those people love me." Uh, so anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, it was it was fun, and we had a blast. Oh, that's awesome! I'm I'm very, very jealous. But uh, so let's see. So let's kind of hop into uh, as we've so now we've got a good idea. We've got a good idea of, of how the players will look. We've had some eyewitness accounts, and uh, that's you, right. you you've gotten you've gotten us up to date. Uh, and we've kind of touched on some of these, but we had some storylines we wanted to hit on, and uh, some some of the kind of the big 
the big headliners that are, as we're, we're kind of getting back into the season. Um, and a lot of this stems from the success we had last year. I mean, it's it's coming from uh, us being a being one of those premier names, and today the being thir- third in the AP polls coming out. I mean, no polls are polls don't mean anything. Uh, Two thousand eight, um, but the <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. the uh, but I mean, it just we got a target on our back, and. Um, so I guess one of the first things that we talked about, and we kind of started hinting at it, is is kind of the Fromm and Fields debate. Um, I, there's been, a, I mean, obviously this is it was the same debate last year, uh, the same same kind of talk and, and talk yeah. around town, except one of those quarterbacks didn't lead us to a national championship uh, the, the year the year before. Um, That's right. So for me, I think uh, I'm glad Fields is, is doing well, but um, I, I think. I don't think anyone is going to lose any sleep knowing that yeah. uh, that Fromm is not going to be our starter on September first. No, no. Um, my my oldest brother, uh, he was kind of upset that I didn't give him a shout out in the first episode. So shout out to Aubrey. Uh, but my oldest brother, apparently, I think he made a little wager with one of his buds uh, where he basically said that, and we're all from we we love from we're from Middle Georgia. Fromm's from Middle Georgia. You gotta love it. Um, we he made some sort of uh, wager with one of his buddies that that Fromm would start every game this year, and you know this is all barring injury. Please, Lord, knock on some wood somewhere. Um, but this is all barring injury. But still, I mean, he's just saying you know Fromm's going to start every game this year, and there's no way. I mean, and basically the other guy is saying that Fields will start at least one game, and that guy's. I don't know if you're listening to this podcast. I'm sorry, but they, you're, you're, you might be delusional. I don't know. Uh, trust me, Fields, I love him, and I think he's going to be a hell of a quarterback. I mean, he will start for us one day, no doubt. And, in fact, he will get a, get a lot of playing time this year. But this is still Fromm's team. You could even see it. Like, even when he was struggling this past weekend, everybody was coming up to him. He was still leading the team, still getting in the huddle. Uh, Cheney, I think basically Cheney just was like, hey man, you know, if, if you're not playing, you be beside me. You're He's constantly learning. So, I'm obviously very on the Fromm train, but I love Fields too. It's not a battle, you know. Everybody just wants to say QB1 versus QB2. You know, this is Fromm versus Fields. Who's going to play more? Who's going to start and all this stuff? They're like, well, I want both. Why, <laughs> yeah, can't, why, why, why can't we have both? Like, let's just... Why, <laughs> Let's go, let's go, I, I want my cake, and I, I want to eat it. I want to eat it too. So that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I think we're uh, I think we're both pretty pretty well on the same page uh, that 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 Fromm's going to be our guy, and um, and I think it's safe to say we are in we are in very good hands. Um, so let's uh, let's look at the look at the next one. We we kind of got down, and uh, this one is is big. Um, Replacing Roquan Smith, possibly mm-hmm. one of the best defenders uh, we have ever had at the University of Georgia. I mean, I, I don't know if you undoubtedly. Yeah, like, I mean, I think it's yeah. just this is not really even a question. Um, you look at a guy that uh, that last year uh, produced for us. Um, he had 85 solo tackles. Uh, he assisted in 52. <laughs> he had six and a half sacks. Uh, we just—he was everywhere. He was everywhere, and he was doing everything. And like, if we had a defensive highlight, he was there. Like, it was just—it it was unbelievable. And so you, now, now we have to 
now we have to replace his presence. I mean, if you go back and look at Georgia Tech, we created an entirely – we created a defensive scheme that yes. was based on – Roquan literally had one job. His job was to yeah. go to the ball, and that was it. <laughs> it yeah. was – he was just – I mean, it, it, we like you go back and look at that game, and we just – we literally orchestrated a defense around him being there. And, yeah. and we and we're gonna we're gonna struggle with that this year. But hearing some of the things that you've talked about uh, with these guys we've got coming in, I think we're gonna be we're never gonna be able to replace him. But that doesn't mean we can't have a great defense. Mm-hmm. He um I mean you know what you're talking about with the Georgia Tech situation, uh you know I don't want to sound like you know I'm this like defensive strategist or anything like that, but I've been waiting. For us to do something like that, where we stack the linebackers, and that's what they did. You know, they they played Roquan behind the other inside linebacker, so that he had a better angle at the pitch man, uh, or whoever was the second, 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 or sometimes third uh, option in a play. And so, anyway, yeah, Roquan Smith. Uh, and I mean, you've heard me say this, Roquan Smith. I don't, you know, I know he only played like basically two two major years in at the University of Georgia, but He's still one of my easily one of my top five players of all time. He might be top two. Him and Todd Gurley, I think I mentioned that in the last episode. And then it's like Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle. After that. I mean, like I love all these guys. So anyway, there's no replacing Roquan. It's kind of like that scene in uh, Remember the Titans. You know, you can't you can't replace Gary Bertier. You know, it's the same thing, uh, except you know maybe not as tragic. But you know, it's. Natrez is going to do – he's going to hopefully be the leader. I mean, I think he's matured over the offseason, and he realizes that basically he's he's on his last straw. I mean, if he messes up one more time, I don't think there's any more room for forgiveness in this situation. So I'm hoping that Natrez will fill in as much as he can for Roquan. I mean, the guy's super talented. He's just is not – Roquan is, you know, as they term it, a generational talent. And so anyway, Natrez – Juwan Taylor, Monty Rice, uh, I think Nate McBride's going to get buried, but, you know. Poor guy. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Hey, Weston, sorry about your Vidalia, buddy. Oh, man. We don't mean it. Well, we and, and I think, it. and I think too, you're, you're replacing, like, a, a general, like, the, the guy yeah. on your defense that I mean Bingo. you're 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 losing you're you're losing your your on field coach and your your on field leader in a way that uh, I mean he, he's the one calling the shots and whatever he says you do and that's exactly uh, right and I, and I think we're gonna need we're gonna need some of these guys like a Ledbetter or a or a DeAndre Walker to step up and and kind of be that vocal leader uh, so I'm hoping that we can. Um, uh, we can we can be that and and, and J.R. Reed's trying to he's trying to be that guy too I mean he's trying to he's trying to talk a little bit and, and get a little yeah. get get in there a little bit um, so I think we've got yeah. some guys that are that are wanting to get there but and I'm 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 excited yeah. for it. I, I'm I, I was a little hesitant like losing him immediately I was just like I, I was down but but as we we're getting closer and especially after hearing you talk about that practice like I'm I'm pretty jazzed for uh, what we're going to be able to. What we're going to be able jazz to do. Hands, jazz like hands. Sony hands. The, the Sony hands. <laughs> Sony hands. Um, uh, yeah. There's, there, there is no replacing Roquan, but there's guys that are going to fill in. The young guys that we have coming in will be Roquan again. Like, we will have the, – the, the four inside line, or inside and outside linebackers that we recruited this year 
uh, that are going to fill in. I, I cannot wait. And I don't want to pass any of these years, like this coming year and the next year, but I cannot wait till they're all four playing together. It's going to be awesome. I can't <laughs> wait. Um, so let's let's move on to the, to the next uh, little, or sorry, big storyline that we have coming in the season. And this is similar to the, to the previous one, but, uh, man, is, is there life... Is there living without Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle? I don't know if you can. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's pretty. I guess if we're gonna if we're gonna hope, like hopefully stay at this level of of of, uh, of of talent and doing these things, we're gonna have these star players that are gonna go all. I guess we're just not used to this happening all the time. But it was just yeah. it was kind of, the thing with kind of when Todd left is Sony and, and Nick had already proven themselves and and all this kind of stuff. But but a duo like that to to lead the, the NCAA in, in, in yards. Uh, I think it's just going to be a different uh, – I mean, I almost haven't even batted an eye at the – even – I mean, unfortunately, even with losing Zamir, we have – we just have so many running backs. <laughs> like, and, like, not not just run-of-the-mill guys like – I mean, right. like you said, God bless Richard Samuel and everything, all the blood, sweat, and tears he had. None of our guys <laughs> – are Richard no. Samuel? <laughs> no, they're not. They're 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 special. They're really real special. Uh, I will say though that 2009 run against Arkansas was a thing of beauty. All right, <laughs> even with those arms flailing, <laughs> <laughs> he just absolutely. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It was like it's because he'd never God. done that before. He had never yeah. been in that situation. He didn't know how to. He didn't know how to run. <laughs> I've never seen a, 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 a gaping hole like that in old Dick Samuel run straight through that thing. Oh, he God. runs the, Anyway, he went in for like 80 yards that play, but that's neither here nor there. I just Every time I think of Richard Samuel, he's just always... It's just that one play, that one play. Oh, God bless um, him. But anyway, I, no, I was just going to say, there's it's the same thing with Roquan. There's no replacing Nate Chubb and Sonny Michelle. These are all-timers. Not only in uh, UGA history, but also in SEC history. But when you look at our backfield, I, I, I there's you're not going to skip much of a beat in terms of talent. I mean, DeAndre Swift is going to be insane. I, I think Elijah Holyfield, like I mentioned in the first podcast, I think that he's going to ha- have a heck of a year. But then you know to have Brian Herrian look as good as he did on Saturday. You know, I don't know, I don't know, like again that 60 or 70 percent stamina, but still he looked great he looked really in shape he's a little bit on the smaller side and then also having james cook behind those guys as well i mean we've got some studs i mean we joked about it earlier do we have a stable big enough for our running backs right now <laughs> i we just never we've never been in this like uh, i mean we've never been in the situation before and uh, i mean and you saw it this year i mean we have proven that you can't have a big enough stable uh, because all of our guys, all of our guys, they shined this year. I mean, mm-hmm. like DeAndre, we averaged. What I, I have to go back and look at how many yards we averaged a play, but it was just like every time we touched the ball, our guys were averaging like six yards, six yards a yeah. run. It's just like, well, De- yeah, DeAndre's was especially high because he kind of was in in special circumstances, special. Special scenarios whenever he came in and he would do, you know, those jet sweeps sometimes or, you know, a lot of the action would go towards Chubb or Sony and then he would catch it out of the uh, flats and stuff like that. But 
I mean, the guy was a playmaker. I mean, look no further than the SEC championship. Okay, yeah. So let's just. I mean, I'm just. I'll just kind of. I pulled up our, our our stats here. So the guy. Yeah. So they had. So Chubb had. 1,345 yards. He averaged six yards a carry. He had 15 touchdowns. Sony Michelle, our number two running back, had 1,227 yards, averaged mm. 7.9 yards a carry with 16 touchdowns. DeAndre Decent. Swift, our third string running back, had 81 carries, 618 yards. He averaged 7.6 yards a carry with three touchdowns. Like, and one of those being in the national or in the SEC championship, like all yeah. our big one of our biggest plays. And as Scott Howard yeah. so beautifully put it, he ran it all the way back to Philadelphia. <laughs> he was so fast. <laughs> and, oh, Scott, like, you gotta love the guy. But like, I mean, just the, those numbers. I mean, they speak. They speak for themselves. I mean, and he had he had hundred he had one hundred fifty three yards uh, in, in the air too. So I mean, it's just we're. As a third string, I mean, and obviously he was playing at the end with some some worn out defenses, but I, I I'll take him. Uh, I'm 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 excited about him. He's uh yeah he he's okay. He's <laughs> he's pretty decent. Um, you know we could probably man. I mean that's the crazy thing is even so DeAndre. There's no doubt about it. DeAndre is going to be our starter. The guy's special, and I'm so happy. I mean, you know, you hate to see it sometimes, but you know, recruiting can be kind of a nasty game. But you know. DeAndre came in, and we had another running back that was committed, and we basically told him that, sorry, buddy, but your commitment is no, no longer valid. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, but to Neil Carter, who ended up going to Texas, he's fine. Nobody's, you know, he's fine. And anyway, but DeAndre Swift was the prize guy in that class, and DeAndre comes in, hell of a talent. But then we got Elijah Holyfield and Brian Herring are both from the state of Georgia, and Herion was, you know, I think he was actually like a, he was he I think he was a three star prospect. Nobody was really recruiting him, and then Kirby saw him and was just like, "Hey, come with me. We're gonna we're gonna do good things over here. Come with so me anyway. if you want to live." <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly though, adds a mirror to the mix, and we have a running back stable that. Basically, almost every single one of them could be a starter at another school. I mean, can we say that? Oh, yeah. I'd say the only one that – I mean, Brian Herring could be another a starter at some school, but I think that at least three out of the the top four can be a starter at a major D1 college. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and they showed that. They showed that, and, and, and I think we're going to change um, – we're going to change – Recruiting. I mean, obviously we've done that, but now we're going to be able to pull all these guys in and say, "Hey, yeah, we just got a five-star running back, but yeah. you can you can be successful too." I mean, even if you're the yeah. three guy, you're still getting six hundred, seven hundred yards a, a a season. Right. I mean, so right. which you may not get anywhere else. I mean, come play for us, where we have the biggest boys in college football. That's on that right. offensive line, and we're going to make Moses-sized holes <laughs> in that line. And, I mean, and your grandma can run through them. So, like, I, so it, it, I just never thought I would – I'd be able to say, like, oh, yeah, like, just, just, just come on. We'll just keep, we'll just keep adding, adding stalls in the stable. Like, just keep them, just keep them coming. Just, just 
r- roll them in. I, it's insane. And, and I'm if we build it, they will come. We we <laughs> could we could talk about this for years. So let's hey, just dude, yeah. don't you know my my grandma's like ninety two years old. But I don't she she might still be able to make it through those <laughs> holes. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'll ask her to come down and see if they can go ahead and you know make a little play for it. Yeah. But so you know as we as we as we've talked about. I mean these guys were awesome. I mean. We're, we're going to keep getting these guys. Exactly what you said earlier. I mean, the, all right, so you mentioned this in the first episode, but the fact that Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle stayed for their senior year changed the entire projection of Georgia football for the next five years, in my opinion, because you get them staying, okay, and we didn't have to bring in two or three running backs that year. You know, they brought in Swift, and that was it. And then... Now, you know, we can basically say, look, the two most productive running backs as a combo in the history of the SEC are leaving. And now now we, we, we just brought in James Cook and Jameer White, two five-star running backs. And we're going to do that again. And, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm hoping we bring in, an, a, a, you know, John Emery I think is going to be a hell of a running back. You know, maybe it's him, maybe it's another guy. But – we're going to at least get two very high-profile running backs at basically every two years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, because let's just – because even – I mean, we'll, DeAndre, I mean, he'll he'll be here for this season and next season. And uh, Zamir, he'll he'll be a uh, – he'll be a medical – medical uh, however they say it. He'll, he'll be a freshman, basically. And, medical Richard. Yeah, medical Richard. I was trying. Sorry, I was trying real hard. I was trying. <laughs> I was trying to say it so, I was trying to say it so fast. <laughs> and um, but I mean, we we're, we're going to be fine. We like I said, we could talk about this all night long. So yeah. let's. Yeah, we we just got stuck on our third biggest storyline. We've got uh, we've got four more, and you know, basically, all right. So our fourth one is the punter. You know, Jake Martin is going to be the guy, and let's hope that he's as good as, like I said, as good as I think he can be. Let's just go through the defensive line depth real quick. Chancey, what I mean, what do you think? Like, as far as you know, do you think our our defensive line is pretty underrated, or what, what do you think? I I think, I, I our, well, our, our defensive line has definitely been underrated just because of, uh, especially last year, just with the guys that we had at linebacker. Um, they didn't get. I feel like that guys like Tyler Clark didn't get enough, didn't get enough love for for what was going on at all. I mean, I love that man. Tyler Clark is going. You're going to hear his name a lot this year. Yeah. Um, I, I mm-hmm. think, and and I think the guy, the, these young guys that we've got coming in. Uh, I mean, I'm 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 jazzed. I mean, I, the, honestly, the more as as we were kind of preparing for this, like I, as you know me, I, I can be kind of a negative nancy on this stuff and like not get real be, be real negative on on our defense and things like that but i mean you look at these guys we've got coming back and, and i am i am stoked like you talked about we've got guys like brenton cox coming in and he's he's a monster like the guy's got a wingspan that goes for miles i think our line is gonna um we're not gonna have we're gonna have very similar uh rushing yards uh against us this year as we did this past year um, oh, I agree. All these publications are saying that our defensive line is going to be, you know, not as good. And it's going to be a weakness of our defense. But we're actually a little bit deeper than what a lot of these people are alluding to. Um, and and you know, of course, we we know Tyler Clark is going to be a defensive tackle. We know that we know that old uh, Julian Rochester is going to hold it down in the middle. I mean, he's going to be our nose tackle. But 
we've also got several guys that have just kind of been forgotten. And, and one of those that I want to highlight is Mikael Carter. I mean, that guy, that guy's actually, he came in, came in with Tyler Clark. He's a very capable player. He's number 76. But he's a very capable player, but he, you know, he's kind of been buried. And then we also got same thing with Daquan Hawkins-Muckle and then Michael Barnett as well. They're both on the team. And I'm not saying we're extremely deep, but we're, we've got a little bit more boys than, than a lot of people are saying. And then, of course, you know, we still have a lot of our outside linebackers can also play defensive end, too. I mean, DeAndre Walker basically plays like a defensive end position, but, I mean, he plays outside linebacker, though. So, anyway, I mean, I think I'm, I'm pretty positive on our on our defensive line. I mean, I think our defense as a whole is really going to surprise people this year and end up being, you know, one of the best units in the country. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Agreed on that. we got to remember Hawkins Muckle, he, he, uh, he, he blocked that. He blocked the field goal in the SEC championship. The guy's a big boy. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, let's move on to the last storyline. Okay, look. Can we make it back to the mystical national championship? This is where I start playing these, these games in my head and start uh, I start freaking out about stuff. Uh, I, I think from a, from a conference standpoint, uh, I think we should be as productive um, I'll be honest with this, with you. I, I mean, I think we can easily lose one of these games um, this season. Sure. Um, South Carolina scares the hell out of me, uh, as they always do in that godforsaken place uh, in Columbia. That that game, and we'll eventually get to it. But uh, I think we can have a slip up. I mean, and in an environment that we may not be ready for, or just not coming in clear minded. Um, but I. I don't think there's a question if we have the talent or not. Uh, I, and I think I'm not concerned about us making coaching faux pas. Uh, I think we got – and you can't really say that we got into crunch time situations where we didn't make the right call because, I mean, if you look at our, if you look at our year, we had so many games go down to the, to the wire. I mean, our biggest – some of our – the games that we're known to lose – that Georgia's known sure. to lose, like your. I mean, right. you look at a Notre Dame. You look at uh, a Rose Bowl. Um, the high pressure situations, like a SEC championship game, which we weren't really. That score does not really equate to. I mean, that game was close pretty much the whole time. Um, I mean, we were within one or two scores uh, going sure. into the fourth quarter, um, and, and our coaches made the right calls and they 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 put our guys in the best positions to to succeed. Uh, and, yeah. and I'm just I'm I'm we're gonna do the same thing. And I mean I don't think the way we the way we're gonna play, I think we're gonna we're gonna see more. I mean we're, I think we're gonna air it out a lot more this year. But I mean it's still a lot is is kind of relative because I mean we've still got incredible backs. Um, defensively we're gonna I mean I, like I said I think we're gonna be great. So I think we've got the ability. Do is is it lightning striking? I mean is it lightning strike twice kind of thing or do we have what it takes? To, to get us yeah. there, I mean that's that's kind of where right. I'm at, and, and I, I'm 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 in the camp that I'm gonna need to see it to believe it. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 there now, and I think once we get past like South Carolina and how we how we go in there and perform, because I wasn't ready for how we did against Notre Dame this past year, and uh, especially defensively, and if we can do something like that, uh, I'm more I feel better going into places. Um, and getting getting teams like Auburn at home will be will help me a little bit, especially going later on in the season. 
Um, sure. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. I uh, I'm a, I'm along the s- similar lines here. I, I, you know, I'm not one of those Disney dogs, as they like to say, where it's like, well, we're gonna make it to the national championship every year. No, that's not the case. I mean, I remember telling my brother, you know, after you know we had lost uh, the the national championship this past year, I was like, look, you know. I don't think we're going to make it back uh, next year. And that's just me looking at, honestly, that's for the most part, that's that's just three players that make me think that. The fact that we don't have Nick Chubb, Sonny Michelle, and Roquan Smith anymore. But we've got to get used to this where Kirby is bringing in these guys that are going to be able to play immediately. I mean, these freshmen, I mean, I'm telling you, Brent Cox will play in the first game a lot. And he, I mean, you know, against Austin P, he might play like three quarters or something. So, um, but let me just say, I you know, if, if, if you're looking at the schedule, I think obviously South Carolina is a big question mark. Um, you know, I think certainly we're more talented than them, but it's it's the same thing you just said. The fact that we have to go into Columbia and play that game, I hate it. I hate it. And, of course, you know, remember the, the year that we went in there in 2012 and then we got our clock cleaned. Uh, that's no good. Uh, so, I think this is a much different team than that. I mean, I think we're way better prepared. Uh, but I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about us being able to at least make a run. I mean, I think, honestly, I think I'm not much on, you know this, I'm not a predictor of scores or wins or losses or anything like that. But I will say whether or not I feel good about a game. And, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm not too scared of the South Carolina game right now. Um, the only game, I mean, the, the best team we're going to play is Auburn. That's There's no doubt about it. And then, you know, if we can beat Auburn late in the season, that's huge. I mean, I think there's a good chance that, you know, we have one loss heading in, you know, and, you know, praying, you know, again, knock on wood. Uh, but, you know, hopefully hopefully we can make it through the, to the middle of that schedule where we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven SEC games in a row. It's just never easy to win all those games, so. Thankfully, we have Tennessee again in Athens, so we can have a little more vengeance to add on to the forty-one to nothing game we had last year. So, I think I think we got a good chance to make it to the SEC championship, and then we'll go from there. That's what I, that's that's how I feel. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I feel like if we don't, I mean, obviously, not going to the SEC championship, it's a it, the season's pretty much a bust because if you look at the East, where the East is just, I mean, South Carolina is the best team behind us in the east and i mean they're by far i mean they're i think yeah i I mean i think a lot of people are talking about i mean i mean you got to look at florida tennessee um uh, they're both new coaches and and they were in disasters when they got them um even with us when when kirby came in he did not inherit a disaster (laughs) like let's like let's be like let's be real like uh Dan Mullen and Jeremy Pruitt uh, inherited uh, dumpster fires in the peak of their 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 burning. <laughs> I mean, they're right. and I think I think they're gonna. I mean, I think in a couple of years we're gonna have more to worry about in our conference. I mean, I, I think you're gonna be getting back to the early 2000s kind of SEC East, um, where it's it's kind of the the tables have tipped a little bit. Um, but right now, uh, if we don't get to the SEC championship, it's well, and we said this a lot, <laughs> I mean, in the kind of the 2010 after, it's just like the SEC East is so bad if we don't get there. Like, it was a bus season, which is why we had a lot of bus seasons <laughs> because right, we right, had all this yeah. talent and we never made it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I – don't, I don't like 
I don't like pencil. I don't like putting penciling it in. But I mean, I, I feel pretty confident about us getting back to the, getting back to Atlanta, um, and being and being pretty well intact. I mean, like I said, definitely a, a, like an Auburn. I mean, an Auburn game. You go into that kind of environment like last year, and I mean, you just you just fluke. You just you just don't perform, and um, so I, and I can see that happening. Uh, but right. Our away games, I feel pretty good about. Um, besides, like South Carolina is really the biggest one. M- Missouri could yeah. be a freak thing just because they throw the ball so freaking much. But I mean, I feel, yeah. I feel like we're going to put points on them too. They, they're all their defense is the uh, defense of, of blind people. But um, we'll we'll see if we can uh, we can we can put up some points there. So um, yeah, I I actually have Missouri as the lone. I think I, I, if there's a game that. There's potential for us to lose. I mean, it's against a good team. But I think the Missouri is the only one that I would consider a trap game. I mean, I think South Carolina is a good game, I mean, a good team. And I think LSU is going to be tough because it's at LSU. And that's pretty much the only reason why. Um, I think they, they are just not even close to the same talent as us this year. Um, but Missouri is the only one that kind of scares me because I know that Drew Locke can, like you said, he can toss the ball. Um, but he's uh, he's not that scary. I mean, I think I think old DeAndre Walker will say hi to him a few times. Well, and I think too. I mean, just kind of on that, I think our secondary has has only gotten better since last year. And um, I mean, we kept him pretty well in check. I mean, they put up twenty one against us last year. I think it was right. I mean they, they so they scored three times, uh, which most people couldn't do. <laughs> I went back and looked at it. I think our average our opponents' average points per game was like nine points. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is just which is nuts. Um, and Missouri was the one that helped pull that number up. But uh, that game, I'm not like I, I can definitely see it being a trap game. South Carolina, I think they just don't have as many. I don't think they're nearly as talented, but I just don't think they have as many gaps, uh, kind of across the board on their team. Sure. And, and that that freaking stadium and and we'll, we'll get we'll get to that game. But it's uh, but it's yeah. That that's well, that's, that's the one that terrifies me, and that, which is terrifying everybody else. But like you said, LSU can right. can be that that uh, that game can be it'll be interesting too. So, but well, between the two that we've talked about the most, Missouri and South Carolina, I I'm more scared of South Carolina more like honestly mostly because of that environment. I mean, compared to Missouri, um, you and I have both been to Missouri Stadium and South Carolina Stadium while we were in college. And Missouri Stadium is like basically the size of Lowndes, Lowndes County, uh, Lowndes High School. Go Vikings, uh, baby! Down at, down at Valdosta, yeah. I mean, the the thing is tiny, and it you know it's not intimidating at all. Um, and obviously, you know, I remember when we went there in 2012, everybody was really nice to us and stuff. You don't get that around. <laughs> you don't get that around Tennessee or South Carolina or anywhere else, especially not Florida. So. Um, no, I think I think the schedule looks pretty good. We've got the right teams at home, uh, except yeah. for uh, except for you know except for South Carolina. Uh, but at the end of the you know at the end of the year, we finish with Auburn, uh, UMass, and then Georgia Tech all at home. So I'm feeling pretty good about our run, uh, and you know we'll we'll leave it at that. Home is where the heart is, and that's where most that's of our, right. most of our games are. So we're, we're we'll be in good shape. All right, everybody, thank you for listening to Calling the Dogs with Chansey and Chi. So this is uh, part one of our uh, two-part season preview. Uh, we had a few too many things to say 
uh, to, to get it all in one episode. Uh, so we hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, so there's going to be another half of this coming out next week, uh, right before uh, you guys make the trip to Athens or, or watch it from wherever you're at. Um, so we wanted to give you a little taste. And um, so we'll, we're signing off this week, but we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week. Anything you want to say, uh, Chief, as we sign off? Yeah, dog fans, uh, just go dogs. And in their uh, words of Irk Russell, screw Florida. Have a blessed be the name. See y'all next week.